You're listening to Pot of Wonder, a podcast where we turn fact into fiction with the help of dice and randomly generated Wikipedia articles. Each season will be spent building a world to use as a setting in a tabletop role-playing game. Each episode will take one random Wikipedia article, roll some dice, and turn that into part of the world. This season, we're creating a world in the genre of Western. So welcome to another Pot of Wonder side adventure. I'm Eddie. I'm Danny. I'm Gina. Holy shit, who's Gina? I don't know. She kind of just popped in here. Megan was here a second ago. And Robin, wait, is he out of the timeline again? Oh, God. What sort of weird supernatural things are occurring in this place, Eddie? I have consumed them both. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Okay, that's that's a perfectly normal explanation, then. (laughs) Uh... The Consumer of Podcasters. next. Oh, no. Gina, Consumer of Podcasters. <laughs> Nothing will feed my hunger. I, I, I think that's kind of topped everything we're going, we do today. Yeah. I think we just shut it down. That's All like right. five episodes. And that's the podcast. Thanks right. for having Thanks. me. It was fun. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, no, so uh, like with uh, the NPC culture episode, uh, we're going to play a game that I called Rapid Rebranding. Where I'm going to give you guys the titles of Wikipedia articles, mm-hmm. uh, and without a timer, because that just gets slow and clunky, uh, give you guys a randomly generated Wikipedia title, title, nothing else about it, and one of our categories. Okay. And you have to kind of just quickly, one or two sentences, describe what that would be. Okay. It's like a lightning round. <laughs> Sound effects later. Thunder. Thunder. Danny, to start, your category is... Institution of Learning. Uh, William T. Anderson. So, William uh, T. Anderson uh, school is like the uh, standard small one-room schoolhouse that you have out west. Uh, It's named after the only uh, teacher, William T. Anderson. Um, (laughs) And, you know, services ages um, 8 to 22. (laughs) An institution of higher learning as well. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a you get your you can get your degree or vocation. Yeah, TBV star appear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you said it; it's canon. Yeah, now. there's there's, there's TV and VCR repair. They yeah. stand for completely different things. Yes, and uh, it is honestly better than you would expect. Uh, Anderson is tough but fair. Uh, he also coaches the local lacrosse team. <laughs> awesome lacrosse team there's a school just full of every age uh-huh. and that's where lacrosse team. yeah four-year-olds and 21 year olds yeah when when those full-grown adults just tackle those children <laughs> which is i guess because lacrosse thing. is a full contact sport yeah i mean the way anderson does it <laughs> gina your category is historical event and you have the hms queen mary uh, the HMS Queen Mary is uh, an actual queen that took the railroad through town, and the railroad like stalled out, or however railroads 
train stopped and she had to hang out in town for a while and picked up a few nicknames where the HMS came from. They each stand for different things the town <laughs> folks uh, started calling her. But, you know, started out as the Queen Mary, but... <laughs> Downhill from there. <laughs> it was downhill yeah. from there. They did not enjoy her stay uh, at, at the town, but it was a historical <laughs> event because yeah. the queen came and visited. People, uh, people were still talking about it. It's still talking about it. You know, sometimes it's the cuss. People would just whisper under their breath, oh, HMS. <laughs> you know, uh, relating back to that event where the queen came. <laughs> queen Mary of an undisclosed country. Mm hmm. Uh, Eddie, oh. go ahead and roll your die. All right. Fauna. Fauna. Your fauna is the Lewis and Clark Expedition Dollar. <laughs> Money don't grow on trees. The Lewis and Clark Expedition Doll Hair. And it's doll hair. Mm-hmm. So a, a doll-sized rabbit. Looks adorable. Like, it looks like a stuffed animal, but is actually incredibly vicious and was found by the Lewis and Clark, one guy, mm-hmm. on a solo expedition. Expedition Lewis and Clark, one name. Mm-hmm. Uh, solo expedition. Found these things and was documenting them like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna bring one home to my daughter. It's going to be great. It's this tiny little memento of this grand trek I'm making across the, the West. And he went to touch one and it bit his hand clean off. Just... In one motion, it was something the size of his hand, mm. and it just ate the whole thing down to the bone. Uh, and uh, it was a delicate standoff for the next week. Uh, him and the, the, the rabbits gaining and losing ground. Uh, he was afraid, he thought he was surrounded, uh, which made it difficult to attempt to escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lost a foot in his attempts to, oh. in his attempts to flee, but he did get home, uh, with at least three of their pelts. Oh. Uh, and it, man. Yeah. yeah. The the, uh, the rabbits though keep Lewison's foot as a good luck charm. They do. <laughs> they do. It's it's actually a sh- a sacred holy object. Um, there's a shrine to it in the woods. Nice. Uh, and uh, the pet. It's an animal so vicious. Petters is afraid to try to get in there and monetize it. Which must mean they are truly vile creatures. Ver- the vilest. To, to chase off the the uh, limitless profit seeking of the Petters Corporation. <laughs> All right. Regina, Petters is our 100% real sponsor, (laughs) who we've had since day one and would do anything to avoid pissing off. All hail Petters. Yes. That's the spirit. All hail Petters. All hail. (laughs) Eventually we'll sing the Petters song. Yeah. Uh, You want to go another round? Yeah, let's let's go another round. Okay. Nothing could possibly happen cool. at the end of this round. All right. No, nothing strange and unusual at all. All right. Danny, uh, the Georgetown Car, Georgetown Car Barn as a, uh, tech, a piece of technology slash invention. Okay. So um, this is actually a bit of uh, futurism on the part of uh, Georgetown, because, uh, I mean, it, you know, Western setting, there's barns all over the place, but, uh, this is a car barn. And, uh, Mr. Georgetown is certain that one day cars will be invented and there will need to be a place to store them in. So he's built this car barn as just a sort of place to say, hey, one day when cars are here, this is where you will put them. What did he imagine cars were? Um, he 
kind of gives different answers based on who's asking them, probably to try and incentivize them to store whatever they think a car might be. In <laughs> like, say you, you ask the bartender what a car is, and it's like, oh, well, a car is a new type of alcohol. I mean, you ask, like, uh, a miner asks what a car is. It's like, oh, well, it's a new uh, type of mining equipment to uh, get those sapphires out of the ground. <laughs> Those Yogo Sapphires. Yes, and up your nose all the faster. <laughs> Callbacks. Yes. All right. Uh, Gina, you have... I don't I don't even know how to, re- to pronounce this one. <laughs> Funny, we were but, talking about Russell. But definitely try. <laughs> Rusalike. Rusalike. Yeah, it's actually a mushroom, but I don't even... I, I don't know if I I'm saying... I thought it was a type of cake. <sighs> well... Depends on what the dice roll says. You know yeah. what? Yeah, you know yeah, what? Let's, yeah, Rusalike. Let's, let's see what Rusalike is in this world. Current figure of note. Ah, okay. Uh, Rusalike, or the Rusalike, uh, is an individual chosen through the collective dreams of the individuals in the town. They all go into this feverish state every 3rd February. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and? <laughs> Uh, and they dream of the the Rusalike, who is the single individual in this town, and crown him in the morning. <laughs> like a dream of the Rusalike. Yes, to dream of the Rusalike. And the uh, the Rusalike's rule is between those three Februarys until a new dream Rusalike is uh, is so- chosen. Yes, yes. Uh, what are the duties of the Rusalike? Uh, the, the, the dream, the dream Rusalike, or the Rusalike, his duties are only known to the subconscious of his dreamers. Mm. And he is lord of the realm of the dreams. And most people forget exactly what he does upon awakening. Yeah, it's very bureaucratic. What's his, what's the Rusalke's, uh, position relative to the, uh, piece of lore here the, the church of lithgow which is commonly seen by uh, by many as a uh, a cult mm-hmm. uh a, kind of the equivalent of scientology in this world mm-hmm. um yeah what's what's the rusuhe's relationship to that church oh it's uh it's a it's part of the checks and balances of the church system um the the church you can see is more of an executive branch right um and the clay is is more of like an appointed judge on the supreme court of a subconscious dream litigation. So the Rusalike could at times be locked in cosmic battle with the, uh, I don't, you know what? We never gave name to the deity at the head of the church in Lithgow, I don't think. I thought it was Lithgow. I, you know what? It might have been. Going with that, though. That's yeah. canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the, the Rusalike is locked in combat with the uh, Ever constant combat, yeah. yes. <laughs> canon things inside episodes. <laughs> Cacao. Pot of wonder. <laughs> It's all going on the Wikipedia. Eddie. An ordinary person. Alright. Serpin. Serpin? Serpin. S-E-R-P-I-N? S-E-R-P-I-N. A serpin. Serpin's a guy who's been trying to get his life together for a bit. He hangs out at the bar that used to be his haunt until he got thrown out a couple times, tried to light it on fire and anger. He didn't... Eh, he didn't necessarily come around because of religion, but he... He did see the Rusalike in in his dreams one night, and that convinced him to turn around. And now he kind of hangs out, dispensing dispensing wisdom and quests to uh, passerbys in the town. 
what went so badly with his life that he uh, got in such a state? He doesn't necessarily remember. Everything's based on what people have told him because he was hitting the drink and the uh, not necessarily even blue yoga, like the uh, the, the knockoff kind that you get mm. cheap. Uh, uh, we'll come up with a name for it later. Yeah. Uh, chartreuse boulders. Yeah. Uh, just hitting that too hard. It just didn't go well. Again, tried to set the bar on fire uh, after getting kicked out a couple of times uh, and they gave him a permanent ban. Uh, and there there aren't that many bars around. You'd have to ride maybe 50 miles in, in any direction to find something. So uh, a dream, uh, a dream of the Ruslake in the uh, while he was sitting around in the old Huskow, uh put him on the right track. The Ruslake will do that for <laughs> others. Yeah. He'll come visit and set your life right. <laughs> Truly a selfless figure. That's that's one of the 18 steps is accepting the Ruslake <laughs> as a guiding spirit. On your yeah. journey. It's actually three non-consecutive steps <laughs> on the path to right. <laughs> your first stumble is the three steps of uh, accepting the Ruslake. Yeah. Then, you know, a couple steps down, you got to accept the Ruslake again. <laughs> one more time, just to make sure you're serious. <laughs> so there are at least five steps dedicated solely to the Ruslake. Yeah. Uh, and he completed them all that one night. Serpent. He doesn't have a last name. He forgot that a long time ago. Maybe the Ursula K ate it in a dream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as, as part of the uh, the penance for for setting your, your life right, you have to, to give up a part of yourself. The Ursula K takes your name. What gives you so much more? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, oh, guys, what, what episode is this? Well, G- Robin, everyone's favorite podcaster, Robin Lee. Hey. I thought you were in Gina's stomach right now. Unless Didn't I just eat you? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's a weird compliment, but no, no, no I'm, I'm here. I you, came to join in the episode. Uh, this, uh, so, okay, we're, we're off in your timeline, but you might as well stick around for this episode. Um, we'll see past you. You probably remember... Probably a while ago for you recording the episode we're going to record. With <laughs> sure, I didn't listen to anything you said, but yeah. <laughs> well, this so. is our very popular bonus episode, so uh, you can just sort of slot in anywhere. Oh, we're, great. we're playing a, a rousing game of uh, rapid rebrand. I was voted most likely to slot in anywhere in high school. <laughs> so that sounds great. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, we'll start off with you. We'll just do a, a quick round of this. Oh, natty twenties. So you have Marky Moon, and that is a villain. Ooh. Marky Moon, a fine haberdashery owner. Marky Moon goes out at night and steals pets to kill them Cruella de Vil style and turn them into the latest fashions. Marky Moon, it's probably your dog. Right, Danny? Yes. Uh, uh, you have Homeworld as a food drinker intoxicant. Uh, Homeworld is a uh, f- actually fairly unpopular type of uh, cognac. Um, it is, um, you know, primarily uh, seen in, uh, you know, some of the larger cities back east. And so it doesn't have a particularly uh, popular market here in the uh, the rough and tumble west. Um, it is noted by flavors of oak and sand. 
And uh, if you uh, tilt it in just the right way, you, uh, the rumor is that it can tell you where you are going to die. So, uh, the city of Manchester Stadium as a person, place, or thing of myth. Person, place, or thing of myth. Uh, so, it's kind of like the labyrinth of Tataris or whatever. The... Stadium in Manchester? What was it called again? Manchester yeah, city, of, city of Manchester Stadium. The city of Manchester Chester Stadium isn't actually in Manchester. Manchester, um, that is just where it was most commonly cited. But when people go to look for it, uh, they they can't find it in the city of Manchester. Uh, but all the maps point to say that it's there. Um, but, uh, there are many, many ba- baseball teams having away games. It's always away games, never home games, um, in this stadium. And it just pops up in their home city whenever they need an away game. Uh, and, and, uh, the fans file in and the, and they play their game and they can't find an exit out or they walk out and they're somehow transported to the city of Manchester and they look behind them and it's just an office building. It's a, it's a very elusive, uh, place of myth but uh many many baseball games have been played in this uh, mysterious teleporting stadium it's terrifying when was the last time it came by the town oh it came in the town in uh the very famous do we have any years or timelines or whatnot it's just kind of Uh, vague oh it was the same year as the dust storm the dust, uh, yeah, the, the dust storm. The dust storm. Uh, conditions were horrible. They didn't think there was going to be a game because no one could see more than three feet uh, in front of them. But then as they were filing into what they thought was their uh, local baseball field, they found themselves in the city of Manchester's baseball stadium. And uh, a legendary game was played. It was very tight down to the last inning. It was beautiful. But anyone who saw it disappeared. Anyone who saw it disappeared. C.M. Punk. And I rolled Ordinary Person NPC. Lovely. C.M. Punk. C.M. Punk. C.M. Punk is a detective. Uh, uh, Contrary to the stereotype, he's actually kind of clean living, well-respected, friendly with the kids. Uh, Solves uh, solves primarily uh, small crimes. Like, oh, little Susie's missing her cat. Like, oh, well, I'll track it down. Kind of, you know, family-friendly adventures type, but he's got a dark, dark, dark past. Uh, there, are other, there are other reasons they call him Seam, but he doesn't reveal those to anyone. Mm-hmm. They say he was a spy during the war, but those are all myths and conjecture. As far as they know, though, mm-hmm. he's a fine, upstanding citizen of the community. One more round for, uh, I guess, sure. you got to drift back off into the time stream. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. All right. City or town? Kyle Things. The uh, uh, city or town of Kyle Things. Kyle Things. Uh, a city located far, far south. Um, actually, one of the closest um, closest coast cities, probably, to, to our current town that the um, adventure is set in. Um Kyflings is known for its robust fishing community. Um, primarily, though, the fish that gets caught uh, in this world tends to be not very filling. Um, kind of like very 
like bare bones things. We don't have this world. I'm going to say it. I'm going to make it canon. Does not have fat fish. Does not have filling fish. Has kind of the, the ocean for whatever reason is a little bit of a scavenger's game. Um, as of such, Kaifling makes a lot of its money through selling bones. Um, particularly fish and aquatic bones. These bones, um, are fine needles, fine, uh, you know, medical practice and such. Um, it does give the, um, the citizens of Kaifling a little bit of a creepy vibe as most of the fashion does tend to revolve around small bones um you know usually people will affix them to their face uh fix them to their clothes their shoes um anything that you could use small bones for it most certainly is being used for that in keyfling so a piece of technology or invention live and let die the novel hmm Novel is optional part of this. Okay. Live and let die. Live and let die. A piece of technology or an invention. I mean, this particular invention is designed to allow you to live as though you were dead. It is sort of a uh, a series of needles, um, sort of embedded in a um, anklet. That just sort of uh, slow dose release a combination of uh, paralyzing agents and, uh, you know, found from like octopi and uh, local uh, fauna. And that just uh, slowly uh, causes you to cease moving and uh, to sort of desiccate your innards to uh, make you look like a big skeleton. Nice. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> the right word in response to that particular product I mean, is nice. Jessica is involved. No. <laughs> Let's see. Eight. We have a business with John Le Monsieur. Monsieurier, excuse me. John Le Monsieurier. Uh, John Le Monsieurier is a masseuse. That is his business. Um, he gives out massages out uh, in the western town. Um, he specializes in uh, after a really long, hard ride. You know, he works those inner thighs so you don't want bow legged afterwards. Um, that's what he's kind of specialty of. Uh, he's got a gentle touch and a gentle voice, uh, but he can get down and dirty with that elbow work uh, if needed. Yeah, he can work out some knots. John Masurier. John Le Masurier. John de Messier. Excellent conversationalist. <laughs> I want to get on there. A form of entertainment or, or media. Oh, good. Uh, you get distributed element filter. <laughs> <laughs> distributed elemental fi- elemental filter. Is that right? Element filter. Distributed element filter. Don't try and get it fancy with your AL. <laughs> <laughs> Too fancy. Distributed element filter. Um, it's kind of a scavenger hunt uh, with kind of a religious angle. Um, uh, almost uh, those who have escaped the Church of Lithgow kind of uh, take part in this to to kind of celebrate bre- being free and out in nature. And so they have to gather one of each element: earth, fire, air, water. Um, uh, and uh, as as a way of uh, uh, filtering their consciousness out into the, out into nature. Uh, as a sign of their freedom uh, from from the, the the reins of the church, which the church vehemently denies and says that all within the church are free to come and go as they please. Mm-hmm. There's totally no reason for these ceremonies, none yeah. at all. 
ironic that they would uh, go out uh, hunter gathering to uh, celebrate their end of the paleo diet. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think that, but hey, that's the church. People going to do what they do. <laughs> that's how the church works. It's just a bundle of contradictions. Uh, so, uh, end of a side episode, Robin, um, I mean, we've got a couple episodes, uh, but you might want to hop back in the time stream because I know if you pop out of Gina's stomach while you're still here, there's going to be complications. Oh, we just don't quite frankly, don't have the budget to deal with yet. Yeah. Sure. It gets messy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially without a script. It gets very, very messy. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Again, not listening to you. I did see a bug on the ceiling that I was staring at, but uh, I am more than happy to uh, to dip back out. I'll just go in here. Let me just close up the door. Close the door. Here we go. It's a time bug, Robin. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for listening to a, another uh, mini episode, side episode. We'll we'll name them later. But uh, another one of these tiny tiny guys uh, where we play uh, uh, rapid rebrand. Uh, thank you for listening. Pot of Wonder. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Eddie. You can find me at on Instagram at uh, Monsters by Ed, uh, and find the games I make at Strange but True Games. I'm Danny. You may find me on Twitter at Danny Plays RPGs. I'm Long Dead Robin Leach. You can find me on Twitter at Dirt Slut 420. I'm Gina, and if you found me, it's already too late. Our opening theme is Opening by Komiku. Our closing theme was Crying in My Beer by Jason Shaw. Time Machine Noises on three. One. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>